Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you can get our newsletters. Also, don't forget to, to look at our rankings before you set your week's lineup. And a friendly reminder, make sure to tune into our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. You can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. I'm here with my sisters, Brandon Marianne Lee, Ashley Williams. That's three weeks in a row, folks. Sure is, Courtney. Thank you. You've, you've had people congratulating you on Twitter for it too, which I love. <laughs> so embarrassing. Like, killed so it again, Another solid <laughs> intro. I love it. <laughs> you, Brandon, uh, Brandon's on another radio show on Sunday morning, so Brandon doesn't an- get to answer all the tweets. Corner, I do. Corner are the ones that address the tweets on Sunday mornings usually. So Brandon doesn't get to see some of those tweets in terms of uh, calling out Courtney's fantastic intros, which always make me chuckle. <laughs> I always let you respond to those. <laughs> oh, you you add into. I love it. I love it. It's it's fun. You gotta have fun, right? We're in week thirteen. It's fun times. Right before playoffs. Right before playoffs. Man, last week was a crazy week, right? Some serious booms and some serious busts like no other, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Me, I like, had more fantasy points in all of my leagues than I've had in a couple weeks put together. Really? Because I had like some of my worst weeks ever this week. Really? My, yeah, I had Dak Prescott. Oh. And I had Des Bryant. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Brandon, Mm-mm. how did you Start do in your weeks? Meh. Meh. So you guys had the best weeks. Yeah, this was a this was I think my last week was one of my worst ones. Yeah. I had a lot of really close losses. Um, but I've made most of my playoffs or I'm on the way to make most of my playoffs. So I feel good. I still feel good. I'm in the Scott Fishbowl playoff. Are you guys in that? I don't you know, I haven't know. checked the standings on that one. Me neither. To be honest with you. I should look at that. Um, I probably maybe I had like over 200 fantasy points last week in that in that one. And I I'm awful in one league and I'm 16th out of 16 teams. And I destroyed the number two guy. Nice. I am in my other league that I struggle at. I destroyed the number three guy. And then the rest of the leagues I'm doing good in, but I was like, I had a, I had a boom week, which really makes me worried about this week because <laughs> come on, let's be honest. The Jets and the Ravens can only perform so much before things start hitting the fan. <laughs> you do a good job of, of streaming those Jets and Ravens though, Courtney. Quite I good. mean, thank you. I'm, I'm adding the bills to the mix. So it's been really fun. It's been really fun. <laughs> well, let's get into this. We'll start off Thursday night at Washington Redskins, the Dallas Cowboys. All right, the Redskins, listen, 24 attempts last week rushing for Mr. Samaji P. Ryan for 100 yards. Those are the kind of numbers you want from your running back. He added another 30 yards off of three catches. Just needs that touchdown and be glorious. Uh, Cousins did not do what we thought he was going to do last week, but I could – I don't know if you can bench a guy that's going up against the Cowboys. I will say, though, I understand if you want to and you just don't feel good about Cousins this week. The last time these two teams met, Cousins had the worst quarterback performance against 
the Cowboys, other than, of course, Eli Manning, which we will get into later with 10.5 fantasy points. Um, but he's still the fifth quarterback in fantasy. So pipe down, people. Cousins is better than most. <laughs> it's yep. 2017. Um, Crowder tore it up last week with 141 yards and a touchdown. He continues to see multiple targets. So even though last week was his first touchdown, of the season, you need to start him because of pure volume, especially in PPR leagues. Um, it's a, and it's a really nice matchup. If you need a flyer, Josh Doxson has over 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues the last two weeks. We have him ranked 28th, so he's right there on a flex option if you need a guy. Um, Davis had only his second game with less than 65 yards. Now zero yards is a lot less than 65 yards, but regardless, you are still – I starting him this week. Dallas gives up the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends, including over 13 fantasy points to Hunter Henry, who hadn't done anything for quite some time last week. So I'm okay with him too. Washington defense, we have him ranked number 10. The last three teams to play Dallas has had 16, 22, and 19 fantasy points. Um, and there's nobody else on the team. So we're done with them. The Cowboys. They're all crap. And uh, I have no starters from this <laughs> team. Oh crap. Uh, crap. I'm I'm still they really so, are. I'm so bitter. They really are bad. You know, I sat there and was like, you know what? When Tyron Smith comes back, everything's gonna turn around for Dak. No, it did not. Those Thanksgiving games were brutal. Brutal to watch. But what I will say is I've got a few sleepers. Jason Witten, he caught all seven of his targets for 44 yards and is at least getting the targets two out of the three past weeks. He had seven targets, then one target, then seven targets. But he has the best matchup out of the receivers on this team. So I'm okay if you want to take a flyer then because, again, it's the tight end position. Unless you've got a top three tight end, they're all flyers. And at least Dak is somewhat throwing to him. So I'm okay if you want to go with him. Now, Des Bryant is where we got a real problem. He should be benched. I'm going to say it. He should be benched. He's going up against Josh Norman and only catch, caught three of his five targets for 37 yards um, last week. But, you know, he ranges anywhere from three to seven points in standard leagues, and that's not going to cut it. The problem is, is that your bench, I doubt, has got a better person in your lineup to completely remove Dez from your lineup, whether that's a wide receiver two, a flex, or wide receiver three. I highly doubt you've got a better option than Dez Bryant. If you do, go for it because I need this team to prove it to me before I'm putting them in my lineup. But in all likelihood, you're still having to play Des in a low wide receiver option. So I'm sorry. Now, Alfred Morris, he rushed nine times for 36 yards last week, but he's losing not only carries, but goal line looks to Rod Smith. And it is a good matchup this week, but I'm nervous that we will continue to see a downward trend in his touches. Now, with that said, it is a revenge game. So, so they really may good, give really him bad. more looks mm. than usual. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It could be mm. real bad. It could be good. So if you want to roll the dice on him and put him in a flex, I'm okay with it for the fact that it's a good matchup and it's a revenge game. There's a good chance or at least good to put him in there to score. He should be hopefully at least seven points for you. If um, they can get there. If they can get there, which is why I don't have Dan Bailey starting, who is one of the most accurate kickers in history of the NFL, and I'm still saying they can't seem to score. So... And they'll have to go for it on fourth down. 
they're not, I, I just don't think they're even close for field goal range. So I don't like Dan Bailey either. Um, but what I will say is Rod Smith rushed nine times for 41 yards. They at least had the same carries. Uh, but it was, um, he got the touchdown again. So he seems to be the preferred back right now. So you can play him in a flex role as well because of the easy matchup. Bench, I am betching Dak Prescott. He only completed 2027 for 179 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions against the Chargers on Thanksgiving. Uh, it was terrible. 3.16 points in my league. So awful. So awful. And that was with Tyron Smith back. So I can't. I, I mean, he has to be benched. Let him blow up on your bench. You can't have a quarterback putting up 3.16 points heading into your playoff week where you need to solidify your playoff spot. You just can't do it. You can't do it. And for that fact, you can't play Terrence Williams. You can't play Cole Beasley because there's just not enough target and not enough production out of them because of Dak at the moment. So, And not even close. It's not even close. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> like why are we it's even talking so about bad? It? It's so sad. Tears. Well, I mean, like, had 50, he had fifty-four yards, but I mean, again, I don't know. They've like imploded. It's insane. I don't That's know how I feel about the 49ers, Brandon. Why are we even talking about them? Ah, uh, well, I actually like the 49ers this week, but I, I we have two oh, questions God. on YouTube live right now. One is, do you guys like Dachshund moving forward as a reliable wide receiver too? And I think that what you wanted to ask is as a flex option occasionally. Nice. Um, we like that. P Ryan over Alfred Morris this week, or would you go Allen the, the revenge game? Oh, I would go P Ryan. I'd go P I Ryan. Think P Ryan too, right? Oh, Better he's not, yeah, he's they're not sharing the ball. He's not sharing the ball because he already took the rest of the guys out, right? They're all on IR. So he's fine. Thank God. Because then I would say, no, well, maybe Morris is the better pick. But P. Ryan's the only guy left in Washington, so I am cool with him. I would like Agreed. to think that Morris's floor is going to be seven points. I would like to think that they're going to be able to get at least close enough to the end zone that they're going to allow him to run it in for the re revenge game. But with wow. that said, P. Ryan just has a better opportunity for the yardage and the scoring than Alfred Morris does. And like Courtney said, you're not really in a committee. So for me, it's definitely P. Ryan versus Morris. Yeah, definitely. And I will say for Washington, let's see here real fast. Let me look at um, he if you have a championship in week 17, he does play the Giants. But in week 16, he plays Denver and he has the Chargers um, next week. So I don't love those two matchups. If we're like looking for like going through the stretch, that's not my favorite stretch option right there. Sorry. But let's move on. Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. So I called it that Kyle Rudolph was a great option last week. And he was. He caught all four of his targets for 63 yards and two touchdowns. Count them. One, two, two. Uh, this is a tough matchup, though. But again, with tight ends, I think the upside is too high to bench him. In case Keenan's been hot and this offense is hot and I like what they're doing. So I think you can play Kyle Rudolph despite the fact on paper it doesn't look great. Now, Latavis Murray, he rushed 20 times for 84 yards and a touchdown, and he is officially their goal line guy. He is a must-start in an RB2 role, and it's funny. We get we get questions on Twitter, and they'll always say Murray or whoever, and I always have to say, which Murray? Because I think people would always assume Murray as a DeMarco Murray, but I don't do that anymore because, to me, Latavis Murray is kind of a lock to start now. So which, yep. which which Murray is it? Which Murray are you referring to? Because it can't just be thought of as DeMarco Murray now because Latavius Murray is a legit option moving forward. Um, Adam Thielen, as always, 8 of 11 targets for 89 yards. Uh, the production has been clockwork for him. And he's in fine company right now. It's just him and Antonio Brown with over 1,000 yards on the season. Just the two of them. 
Yeah. I would think that those were the two guys, right? Brown, obviously, but Thielen, loving it. And we uh, even loved him and didn't think that. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have put him at the thousand mark right now, but you know. We were good, but they're not that good. Yeah, yeah we were. <laughs> that, that surprises even us. <laughs> yep. You do you, Thielen. Um, this is a tough matchup, though, guys. But you can't afford to bench Thielen. He's far too likely to blow up on your bench. Uh, so you have to play him, and you have to play Stefan Diggs as well. He's also a must-start just for the explosiveness of his play. Sleepers, Jarek McKinnon, he rushed 13 times for 23 yards and then had a catch for 31 yards. Not great. Again, Murray's kind of getting those goal line looks. It is what it is. It's an average matchup, and McKinnon has not been super productive the last three weeks. So flex option only. And then I'm going to put Case Keenum in my sleeper category. He completed 21 of 30 passes for 282 yards and two touchdowns, and he rushed in for a nine-yard score himself. Um, I would like to point out that he has is averaging 288 yards a game with nine touchdowns in the last four games. Nine touchdowns in the last four games. Um, so naturally, Coach Zimmer said he still can't commit to starting him beyond week 13. Unbelievable. Because what can the guy do? Uh, but you know what? I feel like maybe this is fueling the fire beneath him. And maybe, you know what, Zimmer, you keep saying that you can't commit because he's, Case is going to come out there and keep playing well. Uh, you know, he's got an average matchup. So I think you can expect 20 points from him, and he's only owned in 54% of leagues. So I think he is a great streaming option out there. I used to be nervous because, at, again, any moment they could throw Teddy Bridgewater in there. But you know what? It is worth risking. If you are a Dak Prescott owner, Case Keenum is probably out there in your league. <laughs> played Case Keenum over Dak Prescott. They got to do something mentally about that Dak kid. Get in there. <laughs> I love me. I love Dak. I love I do Dak. too. There's something's just, wrong. Just, just not right now. Something, yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Um, oh, no. We have a listener who says that he dropped Thielen two months ago before he blew up. Dude, he was oh, always blowing up. No. What are you talking about? You should have been listening to the show. Um, okay, man. the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones obviously killed it last week with uh, 15 targets, 12 catches, 253 yards, and two touchdowns. And like I said every week, you got to start him. I need to you stop you here. The four weeks before that, no <laughs> touchdowns, but you always start Julio Jones because this could happen. And that's why it's frustrating because the other times it doesn't work out. But I'm not going to tell you ever to sit Julio Jones. I always say you play him regardless. Most yeah. time he's just, you know, but I, I played against him in four leagues. Oh no. Four leagues. That's not right. Well, mm. I apologize. Mm. But again, <laughs> this is why you don't set your studs. So there you go. Uh, Muhammad Sanu though. So we talk about studs. I just want to let you know, Muhammad Sanu has a perfect passing rating in the NFL as a quarterback. <laughs> I love that. That is a true story. Uh, he threw a touchdown last week to Julio Jones, but over his career, he is six for six for 228 yards on just six completions, people, and three touchdowns. One of the best quarterback ratings in history. And he's not a quarterback, obviously. Uh, but he also caught eight of his nine targets for 64 yards. He is a must-start in the flex spot, you guys, especially in PPR leagues. We've been saying this week after week. And you know what? He's the guy who usually scores those touchdowns. He's just now throwing the touchdowns. He's he's a freak, you guys. What a bizarre, bizarre world we live in. Always do Matt Bryant, although he's supposedly listed as questionable, but he's been listed as questionable the whole season. He's been fine. Devontae Freeman is practicing in full. Now, this is a good and a bad thing right now. So he's going to be coming back. 
back. But Tevin Coleman has been doing really well. In fact, he rushed for 97 yards and two touchdowns against the Bucks last week. Now, the Bucks, of course, are an easy matchup. But the point is, it's going to be hard to put him back in his old role. So I think this is going to be a split situation this week. Uh, nobody likes that. So, yeah. So what do you do if you handcuffed yourself? I think so you, you watch the practice home. reports and you listen to our show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern <laughs> on Saturday. And we can give you a better idea as to who's going to be the one who's going to carry the rock the more, the more, uh, most. The most. I, I, at okay. this point, it's not a good matchup and they're no. going to split it. So I guess I wonder who your other options are. That's my question there. <laughs> So Matt Ryan is almost always good for 14 to 18 fantasy points, and he did it again last week because you guys only one of Julio Jones' two touchdowns, as I said, came from Matt Ryan. Uh, listen, I, with the state of the quarterback position, he's still uh, probably a starter in your league, depending on the size of it. Um, but Minnesota is a tough matchup. Only Kirk Cousins scored over 17 fantasy points on them all year long, so I don't expect Ryan to be next, but I do expect him to be in the 15 to 16 range. So, you know. Steady Eddie. Uh, bench Austin yeah. Hooper. He's hot or cold, and this is a bad matchup, so don't do it to yourself. And I'm not starting the Falcons uh, versus the terrifying Case Keenum, and that became a thing, a real thing. Terrifying. It really did. <laughs> shame, shame on us for laughing about that. Yeah, Dirk Cutter knew something yeah. we didn't know back then. Dirk Cutter. <laughs> yeah. Dirk Cutter called it a year ago. All right, we have the New England Patriots of the Buffalo Bills. All right, the New England Patriots. Brady didn't practice on Wednesday due to an Achilles, supposedly. Guys, he's been doing this the whole time. He just takes rest days because he's old. He's old. He's 40. You do you. Congrats on being able to still play football. Uh, Gronk went back to his two-touchdown self. Again, start your studs. But again, I don't really say start your studs on everybody. I just want to be clear about that. But like Gronk and Julio are kind of guys that could always have that upside. So that's what you do. Um, and, you know, what other touch tight end has Gronk upside? Not a lot, okay? No. Brandon Cooks has been awesome with Chris Hogan not on the field. Now, Chris Hogan is still not practicing. Um, actually, there was a decapitation joke. <laughs> now, they were, they, someone was joking that um, we haven't really heard anything about Chris Hogan. They keep just calling him questionable, but maybe actually he's, he uh, was decapitated over the bye week, and we just don't know about it. That's how <laughs> secretive <laughs> patriots are. And I started laughing. And I was like, oh, God, he could have been decapitated. My thoughts. I say I cut off like, hands, and you freak out on me, and it's like they're cutting off hands, and you're like, maybe. Maybe. It's the Patriots. We just don't know what happened. <laughs> but we do know he's not practicing right now, so Brandon Cooks is still safe, good to go. When Hogan comes back, it could be another split situation, and you guys will be sad, and it'll be right when you're going into your playoffs, and I apologize, but as of right now, you cannot sit that guy. Uh, it's a good matchup for running backs. Uh, listen, they're playing against the Bills, and the Bills have been a bizarre team to analyze what you do against. Obviously, losing Darius was not a good thing for their defense, but still, they're just so hot and cold because of the Tyrod Taylor stuff, whatever. But here's my thing. Deion Lewis is the steady Eddie, definitely an RB2. Rex Burkhead is more volatile in terms of his touches and what he's able to do with it. Um, but he, for whatever reason, I think it, it's because his name is Rex that it's sexy for people to say his name. So people just think he's the greatest, but actually it's Dion Lewis that I think yeah. is the solid one. Rex is the flex. And then James White is not happening on a consistent basis. It's, he's Definitely very touched on the sexiest name out of them all. 
and the least sexy name. So clearly, this is the order of the sexiness that we just <laughs> talked about. Danny is limited at practice due to any issue uh, that he's been struggling with. There are better flyers out there. I wouldn't even go with him anyway. And the, Martel the Mar Martellus Bennett saga is finally done. He is officially on IR with that shoulder whatever injury. Thank God. That was so bizarre. Now he can retire as a patriot. <sighs> Good for him. Yep. All right, Ashley, how about those bills? So LaShawn McCoy rushed 22 times, but only for 49 yards. But then he had four passes for 30, so not horrible. Um, but you can't bench someone who gets 20-plus touches a week. And he has a nice matchup, so feel good about McCoy. I mean, no, it's not the RB1 numbers you're looking for, but again, with 20-plus touches in this league, you can't bench someone like that, so you're playing him. Now, Charles Clay caught four passes for 60 yards, but the good news for Clay owners is that last week he returned to being the leading Bills in the receiving category. Back to the usual. Now, he has a favorable matchup this week, so I think he is a start regardless of whether or not Kelvin Benjamin plays, who I do not think will play. Um, so I like Charles Clay. Zay Jones, on the other hand, he caught three of 10 targets for 33 yards and a touchdown. Crazy touchdown, right? Everyone's been trying to figure out how he like flipped himself back up, which I feel like actually a lot of dancers can do that. It's called strong toes, my friends. I do not have strong toes. I cannot do that. But I'm not sure. This, this isn't going to be like the butt fumble sports science that they had to do to determine how it happened. Strong toes. Strong anyway, toes. Um, <laughs> if Calvin Benjamin is out, then you can feel pretty good about Zay Jones. But I have a hard time feeling good about a guy that can only haul in three of his 10 targets. And this has been the problem all season long is that he's been dropping balls, the balls that are in his hands that he drops. Again, this isn't surprising, but I have a hard time that when you're getting targeted 10 times, you can only catch three of them. That to me is a problem. Thank you so much. You and I are the only people on the planet who feel that way about Zay Jones. Have you looked on Twitter? People are nutty. They love him. They love I don't get him. It. They think let's, he's let's the look next coming. Ba basic numbers: three out of ten. Three, three out, of 10. out of ten. Thank. You. Oh my. It's worse than Mike Evans' I mean, numbers. There's, I mean, there's talent there for sure. I'll, I'll grant you that. And you got Jordan Matthews, who's on my bench, who only caught two out of three for 15 yards. Uh, but he's not 100% healthy. He's coming off the knee injury. He's clearly not back to being where he needs to be. I do not like him this week at all. Uh, so in theory, he's kind of the only guy you can play along with Charles Clay, the only receivers out there, right? Um, but no, I mean, he's struggled all season long. This, this isn't going to change. So you just got to hope for that. Now he has at least a touchdown upside. Uh, because there's a lack of receivers. So that's really the only benefit there. Sleepers is uh, Tyrod Taylor. Coach Sean McDermott said that Taylor will get the start this week. Uh, but I would prefer you to go grab Keenum because that's kind of the motto of my show. Not my show, our show here. Case Keenum, go get him. Uh, despite the good matchup, he's got a good matchup against the Patriots. But what I will say is the Pates D has actually improved the last four weeks, allowing around 10 points as an average to quarterbacks. So I feel like when you see that they are a weak defense, it's skewed a little bit versus what they've actually done the last four. It's really important that you guys look at how they've done recent weeks, not just overall, because they've actually been pretty stout. So I, I don't love Tyrod Taylor, but if you're desperate, you can certainly do that. And again, Calvin Benjamin, this is the most bizarre story to me, is that he has a torn meniscus, yet he's considered day-to-day. -day. And allegedly he might play this week, but he, he didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, and to me, this seems ambitious that he would play this week. But in theory, Charles Clay was also day-to-day for like five weeks. 
So Charles Sean McVay has been day to day for like five years. I know, but from when he got hurt, literally like day to day for five weeks. So I, I think just Sean think McDermott's day to day. Yeah, it's a little skewed. I think I swear they just forget to take Charles Clay off the injury report. They really yeah. might. leave him and off. And it's the opposite of Calvin Benjamin. He should just be like bent, like out. not playing this week. I but torn again, meniscus. Like what torn meniscus. Doing? I don't know how you're not all tears that. are the same, guys. Not all tears are the same. That's true, yeah. but you know. <laughs> so all right, Brandon. Do you have anything uh, you'd like to say? Oh, yes, I do. Love Pops is our sponsor this week, you guys. And this is really, really cute. And um, if you guys check out our show on YouTube, too, you can see it. Um, and we're going to post pictures of it. And you're going to love it. Uh, Love Pops are more than cards. They're unforgettable gifts. And you can send in an envelope. Each one is laser cut, hand assembled, and designed to surprise and delight. And the purpose of every Love Pop is to create a moment of connection between you and the people that you care about. And we hope Love Pop can help you share the joy of the holiday season with your friends and family this year and you can unlock a special pricing for five or more cards and get free shipping for any order by going to lovepop.com slash fantasy football. And I want to show you these cute little cards. So basically, they're, they're really, really cute. They're 3D laser uh, cut cards designed by naval engineers in Boston. So here's one. And you open it up. Look, it's like this cool, it's literally like a pop-up, like pop-up pop -up books pop. when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. But it's like, Love Oop. that. It's so pretty, Oop. too. And so, so pretty. And basically, they have naval engineers working on this in Boston um, on cutting-edge software and then handcrafted and assembled um, in the Asian art form of slice-form kirigami. Um, here's another one. This one's really cute, too. This is a gingerbread house. And when you open it up, it's like literally a gingerbread house. <laughs> it's so cute. It's really, really cute. <laughs> so uh, again, just go to lovepop.com slash fantasy football to unlock special pricing on five or more cards and get free shipping on any order. Trust me, they are adorable. Go and check it out. Tis the season. All right, we have the San Francisco 49ers, the Chicago Bears, another fantastic performance from the 49ers. Thank you so much. You never disappoint. No one had over nine fantasy points in standard <laughs> leagues. I shouldn't say nobody had nine fantasy points in standard leagues. I was going to say eight, but I think somebody had like 8.6 or something. Um, so now that was the Seahawks, but the Bears aren't too shabby themselves defensively. So this isn't, I'm I'm not like just bumping them up, being like, oh, that was the Seahawks. Nah, I don't think it was. I don't know. Uh, Carlos Hyde, his standard league, Carlos Hyde, in standard league, I should say, he did nothing for you. But in PPR, that's a different story. He gave you seven points when he caught seven of his 13 targets. It's crazy for me, for Carlos Hyde to get a 13 back, targets. 13. Well, and Hyde the out of all of them. It's not the like... Team. Really? Right, exactly. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not Darren Sprawls. It's not like this is the guy that's like the receiving back. It's 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 nice. He, so he has a high ceiling, and I don't hate him this matchup. So he's my only yes start this week. Marquise Goodwin, he, listen, he's a risky play. He's a bit all over the board, but I will say that he has had 68 or more yards in the last three games. 
But the big news coming out of San Francisco is that Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting quarterback in week 13. Now, Brandon said she actually liked the 49ers this week. I'm intrigued by that. Um, but I would say, so therefore, I really can't predict much because I don't know what kind of chemistry any of them are going to have. And to be honest, I don't think Garoppolo should have played this year. I don't know if he can pick up playbook and actually be productive with a pretty young, inexperienced team. So I don't love this. I'm, I'm not a Garoppolo believer, period. Brandon's a 49er believer this week. I'm intrigued. I want to hear. Well, I think the guy only had two attempts last week. He completed both of them for 18 yards and a touchdown, and then he had one carry for four yards. And here's what's really interesting, and I didn't know this, but I was on the X's and Y's podcast today with Liz Loza, and she from Yahoo Sports said, that, and I didn't know this, Jimmy Garoppolo is from Chicago. Well, technically Arlington Heights, but this is a homecoming for him. His entire friends and family base are all going to be there cheering for him. Uh, he's a hometown boy there. He's super excited. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I think there's a possibility that, and the Chicago defense, almost all of their starters are out. I mean, it's crazy. That's why you've seen a huge drop in their productivity over the last few weeks. So he has a huge advantage in terms of the the matchup because they're playing a bunch of people that, I mean, they they literally brought, I have, I have it later in my notes, they brought people in today from other teams that have been dropped. I mean, they're, they're completely desperate on the defensive side of the ball. So I could see him getting a little funky town. All I'm saying is if you're a super desperate person, I think there are worse options. Mm. Not a lot, but Geno Smith's playing this I week, say you guys. We got a lot of problems. Pop yourself some popcorn, put on a good flick. You can't be that desperate. My issue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great new Netflix shows happening it right really now. Is. I'm pretty really sure that they I like this. If you're gonna if you're into narratives, <laughs> I think this is intriguing. But here's my issue with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like him this week, next week, next season four seasons from now no he is a patriots backup quarterback and none of them have been successful behind tom brady the most successful you could probably argue is hoyer and look oh, where sure. that you know i mean come on you know <laughs> yeah. so i mean i mean he's basically <laughs> one of belichick's little trojan horses that he ships over into different franchises to blow him up just like he does with his coaches i'm gonna I give us you know, a little game, credit game plan I, I just i think Brissette, okay i'll give jacoby percent okay Indianapolis, I'm not quite sure anyone could live through that. They're they're surprisingly <laughs> bad. I mean, okay, that's that's fair. I'll give you Brissette. I'll give, I'll I give him a little. I just All think right. you know. Hey, you listen, know. you guys were a fantasy show. San Francisco 49ers does not need to be talked about this <laughs> that's, long. That's fair. All right? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the Bears, which we'll also does not need to be talked about. For <laughs> we'll keep this one short. How's that? <laughs> All right. Because no one's doing a hometown this thing is there. The game of the week. So we <laughs> Game of the week, clearly. On paper, everyone in this team has a good matchup, but I'm not quite sure that I can consciously tell you to start anyone because I like you, your listeners, and I appreciate you. So uh, here we go. The Eagles uh, have a crazy good run defense. So Jordan Howard was just tragic. I was shocked, genuinely shocked by this. Only seven carries uh, that went for only six yards. I'm going back to this well, though, because 49ers gave up an average of 129.5 rushing yards per game and 10 touchdowns in 11 games. I've got to believe at least in Jordan Howard here. 
And as far as sleepers are concerned, you guys, the lead receiver is Dontrell Inman. And if you're in a PPR league, he's a decent flex option. You guys averaging over seven targets and 65 yards per game since he's become a Chicago Bear. And by the way, that's amazing numbers for Chicago Bears. So you know what his floor is and you know what his ceiling is. I mean, he's going to be getting about 60 yards and seven catches. In a PPR league, you could do a lot worse than that. Um, The problem is, is that he's suffering, uh, like the whole team is, with what I'm calling John Foxitis, which is run, run, pass, run, run, pass. That's the play calling with this guy. Is every so time, every and as a Broncos fan, we've been living this lie of him having any sort of creativity or play calling, but he doesn't. He's just run, run, pass, run, run, pass. They're all suffering, so I can't say anything else. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo with his homecoming, and unfortunately, here is a list of some of the guys that the Chicago Bears have been missing from their defense. It's Jarrell Freeman. Uh, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd, Willie Young, Quinton Demps. It's unbelievable the amount of people that they have lost on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm not quite sure I would start them against the 49ers. We, a lot of people have them ranked high, including us, and, and we should. But uh, there's just something about this that doesn't feel right to me. I'm really worried about these injuries for them. Um, and then I, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, Adam Shaheen. I mean, listen, one of them could do well, but I'm not going to tell you that. Mm-mm. 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 Not, okay. I mean, it's the 49ers. We should say that, but no way. I know. No. Sometimes matchups aren't all matchups. Let's Thank just say you. that. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Green Bay Packers. All right. Mike Evans. I know that he hasn't done much for you since week seven in standard leagues, but you can't bench Evans. He has had seen double digit targets in the last four games. He has played all the way through. Now, Divide the targets in half, and that is about what he gets in receptions because he gets about 50 54% in receptions. That's just who he is. But we knew that getting ourselves into this. This is not any different than any other year with Mr. Mike Evans. You don't watch the games. You just watch fantasy points. By the end, hopefully, the game will help. You will get the fantasy points. But Green Bay gives up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. I will also say the good thing going for Evans is in week seven, he had Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis Winston is back this week. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying start Jameis Winston, but what I'm saying is is that is good for everybody else around. Some would argue against that. I heard an interview with Dirk Cutter where people are like, so who's going to start, Fitzy or Winston? He's like, I think I'm going to answer this question. Of course it's Winston. And they're like, well, have you taken a poll? Because a lot of people feel that Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback moving forward. I'm like, oh. Who I said not, that? Who said? Did you take? It was a in poll? a press. It was in a yeah. It was in a press conference. He goes, yeah. I polled all seventy thousand people and like <laughs> made the sassiest response back. That's because that's the dumbest um, thing I've ever it's heard. A, it's a, like, it's a oh, ludicrous he question. Care what other people's it opinions is. are. But it's it, but it's just it's interesting that fits magic, working his magic on apparently the fans. And he's great. And I hope and, yeah, he plays yeah. for three other teams next year. But the thing is, is that. You can't, you have a guy you're paying money and he's your quarterback. And guess what? The people around him produce better when he's in. That's just the way it works. Look at the stats. It is what it is. Um, Deshaun Jackson is listed as questionable with a foot injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so keep an eye on his health. I do like him in PPR standards. As for Cameron Bray, he's really sucked, but I, I, I do think he will get back to this 60-plus yards with Winston behind center. This will be a tough week for him to bounce back, though, seeing how the Packers have given up the absolute, well, one of the absolute fewest points to tight ends. But I'm just saying that overall, Bray... Yes, Bray with Winston is a way better situation, Bray. 
great with Fitzmagic, all right? But I don't like Winston this week. It could be rainy and cold. It's just not my favorite guy that threw three interceptions in the last three games he played. Um, I He kind of hurts himself, so I don't love him. Um, and as far as all the running backs, Doug Martin is not participating after suffering a concussion. He has had, he's been pretty bad, so <laughs> that's one thing to think about. Rodgers will be the main back if Martin does not play, but – we all saw what he they did at the goal line last week. They ha handed it off to Peyton Barber. In deep leagues, I don't mind you streaming either one of these guys because it's a good matchup, but I think I think Winston will need him, but I just don't love them. I don't love them individually, but it is a good – on paper, it makes sense. That makes sense. A little bit, maybe, just a little. All right, Brandon, what about the Packers? <laughs> Yeah, no, that all makes sense. I just, it's sad that no one's been able to run in Tampa at all this year. Like, yeah, Doug Martin, we haven't talked about what a bummer he's been. He really so has bad. been. He came out light and like just, yeah, just, just really good. And then all of a sudden, boom, right away. Swallow well, you know who's getting better? The Green Bay Packers. And they I sure are. And I those you guys for almost beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. If Chris Boswell hadn't tied for the longest field goal in their their field's history, they wouldn't have beat you. You at least would have gone into overtime. So that was really exciting. And I had said last week, and I sounded a little crazy, that I thought that the play calling had gotten better, even though they'd scored zero points as a team the week before. But I thought that they were they were kind of getting better with knowing what Brett Hundley was doing. And, and I think that showed up in Pittsburgh. So I am very proud of them. However, I will say that Jordy Nelson still only had 11 yards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, until Aaron Rodgers is back, I, no. Can't do it. Can't do it. Guys, again, just no. And I'm disappointed too. I was totally wrong on that. I thought he would overcome this. That's just a lie. Um, <laughs> however, Aaron Rodgers supposedly was seen at practice throwing a pass for over 50 yards. So he is coming back, people. He is coming back. Jamal Williams should be the start for the rest of the season, as far as I'm concerned, after what we've been able to see from him from the last few weeks. Um, but we're only going to take it one game at a time. And this week, they're in a fantastic matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ty Montgomery still isn't practicing. That rib injury is still lingering. And even when he does come back, Okay, he's Jamal Williams won't be catching passes it's anymore. He's not built to be the power back. So. Uh, but he can't be the power back, exactly. I, and, and Williams has been getting basically 21 carries per game, and you, uh, that will continue. They're not going to carry the ball with Ty Montgomery, especially with this rib injury. They don't want him to get hurt again. Um, now, uh, though, Aaron Jones supposedly practiced for the first time uh, on Wednesday since hurting his MCL, um, but it was first reported that he didn't practice, and then it said, no, he did, but only very little. I still don't think he'll be back this week, but that is something to watch out for. Um, also, you know, the – you know, driving after smoking up weed probably won't help things with his coach. But, you know, keep an eye on the situation. But today, this week, against the Bucks, I'm still in on Jamal Williams. Devontae Adams keeps his streak alive with touchdowns now. His seventh game in a row in away games. This is at home, uh, but still it's a must-start versus that Tampa Bay D. Randall Cobb had a touchdown last week. You could flex him if you need to because of the matchup, but again, it's a little shady. Uh, Green Bay is a bit of a sleeper defense, in my opinion, with Winston back. We all know that Winston struggles with accuracy, interceptions, etc., etc. Intriguing. You know, the the running back situation's weird. I don't know. I think I think maybe Green Bay could be your sleeper defense of the week. 
Mason Crosby's been hit or miss. Um, not his fault, obviously. It's mostly, you know, if they don't score any points, how can he score points? Um, but he only had four points at Pittsburgh, even though they almost won he the game. He literally hasn't hit or missed. He oh. just hasn't had the opportunities. That's true. So. I, I used the wrong yeah. term phrase. So, um, yeah, I, I just think you may have better kicker options and points are points. And I don't think I can tell you that you have to start them, period. Um, I have some – if you're in a really bad quarterback situation, I do think Brett Hundley's playing better football. I do think this is an ideal matchup. The Bucks allow 285 yards per game, the absolute most in the league. Um I'm not saying that I would start him over a stud by any means, but if you are in a situation like I'm in where I, I stream like Dalton or McCown or I like McCown this week too, but you know, in those situations where Brissett, you know, I've kind of been putting it together. I've, I'm considering Brett Hundley in that league because he's available. So there nice. you go. And no Lance Kendricks. I mean, hello. Yeah. Hello. Who's that? All right, Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans. There are only still two players on this team for the Texans, so you're welcome, DeAndre Hopkins. Clearly you're starting. He's listed as questionable, but he was last week too, the same injury, and he got 125 yards. So his ceiling is so high. He has seen eight or more targets in every game but one this year, no matter who the quarterback is. It's amazing. He's crazy. He does crazy catches. This is a fantastic matchup. And those are just only a few things that I love about Mr. Hopkins this week. Um, Lamar Miller. This is not going to be Miller's best game, but I would predict that he gets similar numbers as last week, 51 yards and a touchdown. Just good enough to keep him in your lineup. Not a lot of upside in PPR, obviously, but I still like him. I think he's still steady heady. Um, Houston's defense is eh, there. Everybody else is on the bench. Tom Savage could be benched if he continues to turn over the ball, says his coach. I don't know what you're talking about. He's only had five interceptions and seven fumbles in six games. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the guy a break here. Come on. Guys, I, I almost feel bad for Thomas. It's just, it's bad. You yeah. know, I have this, I, I have a league where I own him. This is the Scott Fishbowl League, right? It's a two quarterback league. But I opt out of playing the second quarterback. I don't play Tom Savage. <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather a receiver or a running back. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm yeah, not going to take four points for my quarterback. It's not. It's no fun. Well, I was asked. Um, so Colton and the Wolfman is a show on SiriusXM. And, and I, I actually said that I thought that the Packers would cover the 14-point um, spread against the Steelers, which was, like I guess, like this crazy prediction. But I was like, I think people think. Um but so they were like, well, what, you know, hey, you whisperer, tell us about Geno Smith, you know, because whenever you make one good call, all of a sudden you're supposed to be genius, you know, genius or whatever. And the, the, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying you're taunting me basically. And they're like, oh, so you think he's going to be decent? And I was like, well, I'm just saying, I think he's better than Tom Savage. That anyway. Geno Smith is better than Tom Savage. Can you argue that? I know. I'm not I'm no, not arguing that. No, he's, he's probably better I than Tom Savage. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I could see. argue the Eli Manning point, but we're not there yet. Yeah, we'll get oh, to Eli we're and gonna Tom get there. Savage in just a minute. Uh, anyways, everybody else on the team's on the bench because there is nobody else on the team. Uh, Tennessee Titans, Delaney Walker. Other than Suckup, who is the fifth highest scoring to kicker thus far in fantasy, Delaney Walker is the only starter this week for Tennessee. He finally found the end zone last week and added 63 yards to those stats. Love him. This is a great matchup, and you should be feeling really good if you own him this week. Um, 
listen, I said it was a great matchup last week, but I'm still not starting these guys. And guess what? You shouldn't have started them. Um, but I will say DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, they're ranked right about where they should be, 25th and 29th. I do not love either of them this week, and I think their rankings completely reflect that. Ashley, well done. Murray mm-hmm. had just over four fantasy points in two of his last four games because he faced tough defenses. Houston gives up the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Henry's floor is too low to risk starting him against Houston. Murray is no more than a flex this week, and Henry is on my bench. Tennessee Titans defense is not playable for the most part. And Marcus Mariota, we are too close to playoffs to risk a win with Mariota, you guys, as your quarterback. Get over it, okay? We're in week <laughs> 13. I get it. It's a nice matchup. But so was last week, and he threw for under 200 yards and threw two interceptions. This is his eighth interception in the last four games. Bench him. I love – I just love the 88% of you still own him. He isn't even a top 20 quarterback in fantasy points this year. Thank you. I tweeted this on game day. I was like, Marcus Mariota should not be your starting fantasy football quarterback in any way, shape, or form. I mean, come on, guys. You've been telling people this for like weeks. (laughs) I I own TJ Yates. It's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. Maybe. But you've been telling people to sit Mariota for like weeks. Forever. Yeah, he's just he's, – he's having a down year. It's probably a very mental thing for him. He's a little banged up. I just – it's no, not – It's not a down year. He's, he's not a top-10 quarterback. Never has been. Never will be. So aggressive That's for negative. such a young That's player. Negative. But, That's I mean, negative. I don't know. I mean – This was bad. This was a bad moment. And listen, and therefore your receivers. Rashard Matthews was – a late scratch last week. He's listed as questionable, but is yet to return to practice. That leaves Corey Davis and Eric Decker, just like last week. Davis caught all four of his targets, but only for 39 yards. Decker caught three of his four targets for 23 yards. That just isn't good enough, guys. There isn't much you can do for a receiver when your quarterback is just struggling, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins, and then you're fine. Unless he plays for Brock Osweiler, then nobody's okay. All right, we'll move on to the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins. Woof, man. I don't want to watch this game at all. It's just it's going to be so bad. Yeah. Let's let's start with the news. Uh, a keep to leave suspension for unsportsmanlike conduct, which I think we all saw coming between him and Michael Crabtree. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. 2.0, pulling the necklace off. Um, so anyway, good. both of them were given a two-game suspension. It's been reduced down to one at this point in time. Um, my husband, as my husband said, why would you mess with a man who's willing to shoot himself in the leg? You know, like why, why would you do it? Why would you do it? Tlaib's obviously going to win every time. Every time. Remember Richard Sherman going off about Michael Crabtree? Crabtree is a punch. He did punch Chris Harris in the stomach. And then the next play is where the the play before. Mm Mm-hmm. But Tlaib, I will say, like, I just came here to play football, man. I don't know what his problem was. That, I, that's what he was quoted here in Denver saying. I'm like, you purposely went to rip off his necklace like you did beforehand. The guy, Crabtree, <laughs> taped his necklace down knowing. And one would say, why didn't you just not wear the necklace? Like, well, because then he won before he even got on the field, right? If, if you purposely didn't wear your gold necklace. But I'm just like. I would wear one of those necklaces that have, like, the fruit things, you know, that you can bite off of. So when you rip it off, it just goes everywhere. 
just just smarties all over the field. (laughs) (laughs) Smarty break. Um, (laughs) No. And I get into this uh, discussion with my husband all the time because there's kind of that thought that like Akeem Tlaib is like an enforcer on a team, right? Like he's just kind of that guy. But I'm like, you know what? He needs to be smarter about when he does it. You know, I mean, if your job is to get somebody riled up, I can respect that. But then you need to be smart enough to not throw a punch back to get kicked out. If you want to get them riled up, okay. But then you can't hit them back and get yourself kicked out. It just, it drives me crazy. And it happened at the beginning of the game. Beginning of the game. Beginning of the game. I was into it. I liked it. Carry on. I did not. Reminded me of those Romanowski days. So good. And he played for both the Broncos and the Raiders. So it's so But he was on steroids. It's different. I just, I so wish we had Michael Crabtree's address so we could send him the Smarties necklace, Courtney, for next yes, time. Yes, I know. But, um, somebody, somebody Photoshop that for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, on to other news, because again, that was not relevant news other than obviously it affects the defense. But Paxton Lynch, who was the starting quarterback last week, completed just nine of 14 passes for a whopping 41 yards and an interception. Uh, horrendous all before getting injured in the third quarter so tears tears we've had we've had this discussion i think it was probably preseason when we were talking about it when it was the whole issue of which quarterback was going to play i mean paxton lynch is just not great at stepping through his progressions he's just not great about it and he's just not ready it it is what it is now i do feel bad he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain he's going to be out two to four weeks so that means that trevor simeon will once again be the quarterback at least for this week uh, and he came in and he threw 11 of 21 for 149 yards and two touchdowns. And he scored on two of his three drives. I'm not saying Trevor Simeon's the answer, but he, it's interesting. It's a whole cluster, much like the quarterback drama with the Giants. It's not the same level because by no means is Trevor Simeon, Brock, or Lynch on the same level as Eli. But it's just whenever you've got quarterback drama on a team, it, it reflects at every asset of your football program, and it's a problem. So – Therefore, everybody is a sleeper at best on this team. Demarius Thomas, he's at least getting eight targets for the most part of the game, but he only caught five of them for 18 yards. And Emmanuel Sanders only caught three of six for 12 yards last week. Now, yes, it was Paxton Lynch for a lot of that, but they just haven't been able to get productive this year. And I can't, and it's hard to say. We've had a, you know, a complete, you know, rotation of quarterbacks. So they do have an average matchup. They could do well. But right now, it's really hard to trust a Bronco. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I'm playing any Broncos right now. And that leads me to the running back situation. They have the best matchup on the team this week, and it's a good one. It's a really good matchup. But Simeon has leaned towards passing this season over establishing the run. And last week was the first week with a new offensive coordinator, and clearly it didn't seem to matter to Musgrave about establishing the run either. C.J. Anderson only had five carries for 12 yards. Devontae Booker only had six carries for 11 yards he did catch two passes and then jamal charles only had carried it once he's basically been completely eliminated from the backfield um so i have a hard time agreeing that booker has taken over as the lead back but i do think that the games the game script has called for more booker because they're constantly playing from behind and booker is the pass catching back on this team uh but again there's not enough there's not a volume between the three of them let alone one player for you to put him in if you have put one in Booker would be your guy, but again, it's really risky going into your week. So Miami Dolphins, Jay Cutler has uh, passed, he cleared concussion protocol. He will start this week. 
This is revenge game. <laughs> to say revenge game for sure. I think it's actually going to do fine. I think it's going to do okay. Uh, and this is good news to Parker owners out there. But first, we're going to chat about Damian Williams, uh, who hurt his shoulder last week and did not practice Wednesday and is not expected to play. That means that Kenyon Drake will be the sole back this week. Uh, and he rushed nine times for 20 yards and caught three or four passes for 27 yards, but he did get a touchdown. Uh, it's an average matchup. So he should be able to, I would say, RB2 points, flex points. And I think that they'll be at least in the end zone enough for Drake to run in for at least one touchdown. So I think he's certainly a viable flex. Jarvis Landry, he caught eight of nine for 70 yards. And I think he is still a must-start despite the no-fly zone this week. Um, I think he will still be able to score and will be held at probably about 45 yards or so, but I think he's going to score this week. Sleepers, Devontae Parker, he only caught one of three targets last week for five yards, but he's been waiting for color to come back, and that's what he's been waiting for, and he is back now, so I think you can put Parker back in. This does put Kenny Stills now back on your bench with Cutler's return because, again, uh, Stills doesn't get the production that Adam and Parker was playing. Now, Julius Thomas, another revenge game component here. He caught five or six targets for 52 yards last week, and he has the revenge chance, and the Broncos cannot defend tight ends to save their life at all. So Julius Thomas is actually a good play this week. And an interesting move, the Dolphins claimed the former Broncos tight end, A.J. Derby, off the waivers. Um, so it's just interesting. It's kind of like an all-around revenge game from a lot of players this week, so it should be interesting. It's a good thing they're playing the Broncos of now. They're yeah. awful. So congratulations, okay. Miami. Okay. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets. I'm going to be um, one of the only people that's going to say these things about the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm probably going to get roasted, and I'm probably going to be wrong, and fine. You cannot agree with me, and this is my only team that is going to be a little extensive for the rest of the show, but I'm telling you it's worth it. Patrick Mahomes is not going to start for the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys can all stop it. It's bizarre. I don't understand. Okay. I believe this team was coasting into the playoffs. Uh, they were way ahead in the AFC West, but now the Chargers are catching up. The Raiders and the Broncos have no chance, let's be honest. No. But the, the Chargers are catching up and they're going to have to wake up. I think that they were trying to save Kareem Hunt and his touches. They were trying to get cute. They were trying to pick conservative. And also, no. And then, like having, having uh, you know, Travis Kelsey try to throw, I just, no, stop it. So I think that this is a big wake up call. And I think this might give them the chip on the shoulder that they need to bounce back a little bit. They're going up against the Jets. This would be the game where they would do it. Here's how I feel about Kareem Hunt. Obviously, had his worst game, right, of the season. Um, I don't have a. a other explanation other than the fact that they're stuffing the box and basically playing all the safeties and everybody up close. And they're basically daring Alex Smith to throw deep to Albert Wilson. And who wants to throw deep to Albert Wilson? I mean, it just, it's, it's not great. Um, so anyway, you're going to start Travis Kelsey only at 39 yards last week. Fine. But he had over hundred yards the week before that. And he had a touchdown in the three games prior to the bye. get it together. You guys, you're still going to start him. Kareem hunt for sure. Uh, again, he had his worst week. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But he did rush for 73 yards the week before. He's not a must-start. If you have someone with a lot of upside, I understand that. Or if you're in a PPR league and you feel like someone else has a little bit more of a cushion, fine. I get that. Um, but, you know, don't get cute and tell me you're going to start to quiz Rodgers over Kareem Hunt or something. I just – I can't back this up. I think they're going to go back to him. They realize that they're in a dire situation here. And I understand I, – I, 
I, I, I've been saying this for weeks, you guys, that he's not putting up the numbers we thought he would, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of running backs aren't putting up the numbers that we thought that they would. So this is not, you know, what it is. But look for real upside if you must. The Jets give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And Tyreek Hill does get the targets. He's very boomer bust. Um, my guess is three catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. That seems to be the average for what the Jets give up to the wide receiver one, and I think that's what Tyreek Hill will do. You can start Butker. Alex Smith has to take control, and he needs to air it out. I think there's a mental issue. So he had no interceptions um, until the week before the bye, and I think that freaked him out. So he had an interception there, and then he came back off the bye through two interceptions and high wins, and then he threw another interception last week. He has been not good in all three of those weeks. I hope that someone just sits down with him and says, listen, everyone throws interceptions. You can go back to your elite self from the earlier part of the season. Let it go. It's obviously It obviously bothers him. I mean, you can see because all of a sudden the passes are short again. He's back to being Alex Smith and, you know, very controlled. Hopefully he can air it out. Uh, and no one else in this team is fantasy relevance. And I'm not starting that defense either against the Jets. And Robbie Anderson, my right. new favorite player. That's right. Say, Jets. Robbie. Jets destroying defenses every week. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Listen, <laughs> I, I didn't think so last week. I'm going to be honest. I was a Debbie Downer, Robbie Anderson. I was very concerned about this matchup. Many very veteran wide receivers couldn't perform well against Carolina last week. So I was very nervous for my favorite team, the Jets. But man, was I happy when they were just tearing it up because don't be, I still started Robbie Anderson, of course. I had nobody else to put in on my yep. misfit team. And Two so, touchdowns. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing. Obviously, you're starting him. I have him ranked in my top 10, number eight wide receiver of the week. I love him. Josh McCowan, I mean, come on, you guys. When can he get the credit? Over 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Amazing, amazing. And you can score on Kansas City. So I just think, come on, I think it's okay if you want to have a flyer on Jermaine Curse. I think a lot of people are going to get burned by that. Last week was his first good week in a long time. And, uh, you know, the Jets can't be mega producers every week. You know, they, they, need, a, they need a break too. So I, I worry about Curse not performing as much, uh, as well as some of you are going to expect of him. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, we have him ranked right there at 14th. I mean, I think that literally is just because we're talking about tight ends here, but he's just not producing. He's seen the targets. He's just not doing anything with it. He hasn't gotten a touchdown since week seven. He has 67 yards in week 10, but other than that, he's in those 20s. He's had 20-some yards the other four games. So... I don't love him. I just I'm upset about that, but he's not my favorite play. As for the running backs, Matt Forte is questionable again per use. He did not practice today. Below Powell is just a complete disappointment. I told you not to draft him. I remember we were doing our family draft and our mom was sitting right in the middle. And Ashley's like, take below Powell. And I was like, don't do it, mom. Don't do it. And she did it. Well, no, it's between Powell and like and somebody else ridiculous. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. That's how Ashley does it. She does dirty against mom. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But I I just don't think you can rely on those running backs to be consistent enough for you. Um, and then, obviously, kicker, defense, they're on the bench. All right, we have the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, do we? 
Do <laughs> Game of the week. Ah, uh, yeah. If it wasn't this Bear is... San Francisco. I mean, it'd be pretty clear this would be the next one. Yeah, I think this one may be worse because the Jaguars' defense is so good so that good. I'm not quite sure so I can good. tell you to start anyone on the Colts. I mean, come on, guys. That's just not nice. It's not nice. Uh, I am going to say, though, if, that if you're interested in playing a Jaguar on the offensive side, that Rashawn Melvin, probably their best cornerback this year, uh, is on IR. Well, not on IR. I'm sorry. Out indefinitely with a hand injury. So uh, there is a bad thing for the Colts' defense. I'll say this, though. Jack Doyle has seven or more targets in every game save one since week six. And so in PPR leagues for a tight end, you can't really get a higher floor than him, although obviously this is a hideous matchup. So what can you do? Last week, seven catches, 94 yards. They're feeding Frank Gore. Like I've told you, uh, this Marlon Mack thing is not going to happen. They want him to get as close and as high up in the record for uh, career yards possible. It's the only positive thing happening in Indianapolis. Last week, he was able to get a touchdown. I am okay. If you decide you want to have him as a flex, thinking that he's going to get a touchdown, I don't think that's going to happen, though. After they traded with the Bills, uh, their run defense has been great. They were able to fill up those holes. Everyone's gotten better. They've been stopping everyone in the run. You used to be able to run on Jacksonville. That's kind of a lie so i'm not doing that can't start the kicker defense either in this matchup obviously uh because it could be a blowout blowout i mean what what else is there to say no percent no hilton you can't do that jags no no all right ashley jags no well you're starting the jags defense as brian already pointed out for me which is great i she succincted so nicely Yes, you're playing the Jags defense. You're also playing Leonard Fournette. He rushed 12 times for 35, sorry, excuse me, 25 yards and caught three passes for an additional 17. Yeah, that one hurt. I'm sorry. That was bad. It was a really bad game. That's like Adrian Peterson numbers. Oh, wait. No, mm. those are still better than Adrian Peterson numbers in general. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but you know what? He's going to bounce back this week. The Colts give up the fourth most points to running backs. And in positive news, he's been practicing in full this week. So as we said, as he said as well, his ankle could linger and be a problem for him all season. But this is a good positive note that he's practicing in full all week, which he did not do last week. So that is good news for you. So I, you're still starting Leonard Fournette. The, the ceiling's too high, so you just you can't do it. Uh, not start him. Sleepers, Marquise Lee's production has dropped off since D.D. Westbrook debuted in the lineup. There's just no offense about it around it. Last week, he caught only one of two targets for only 13 yards. Now, in fairness, Patrick Peterson was tailing him, uh, but this makes two bad weeks in a row. So it is an awesome matchup this week. It is awesome. But we are a week away from the playoffs. Do you want to ride with a Jag who's been touch and go the past two weeks? Probably not. Probably not wanting to put him in your lineup. And so I'd say the same for Keelan Cole, who was two of seven for 30, and Dee Westbrook, who at least had six of 10, so he's at least fairly productive, for 41 yards. Uh, Westbrook did have the most targets. Uh, but that might change because, again, it was such a good matchup. This should, maybe will open up Marquise Lee. So it's dicey. I just don't think I would be willing leading to my playoff week to really play a Jag. Um, and for Nat, he should have a great day, which would mean the Jag should not need TJ Yeldon, who rushed three times for 10 yards and caught five of six for 42 but if you are in a ppr league yeldon could be an option because the matchup is that good it is that good he could possibly off even just three rushes actually score you a touchdown so he's a decent option and then bench alan hearns is still not practicing wednesday and is not expected to play this week boom detroit lines the baltimore ravens all right 
Jones has been on fire as of late, posting at least 85 yards in four of his last five outings, scoring four times. The Ravens only give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They have given up big numbers in recent weeks, so it's a little skewed. Jones is a safe wide receiver, too, this week. Tate is the polar opposite of Jones, gaining only 39 yards in the last two games. If you are in a tight playoff race, Tate will be a hard guy to trust this week. If you don't need him, I wouldn't play him. Brandon, what's the face? You like him? No, it's just sad. No, of course. No, it is sad. It is sad. Mm. That's all. Um, you can still play Matt Prater. Prater has scored nine or more fantasy points in the last five games. Now, Matthew Stafford, we have him ranked really low. And, yeah, Stafford gets a tough matchup on paper this week when he goes against the Ravens, who've given up the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. However, they haven't faced what you would consider quality opponents this year. Just a, a sample of some of the studs that the Ravens have played this year. Kevin Hogan, E.J. Manuel, Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Moore, Brett Hundley, and Tom Savage, our favorite. So I'm not saying that Stafford is like some all-star guy, um, but I think he's better than those names I just listed. He got hurt last week, but I, I'm not afraid of this matchup. That's, that's all I'm saying. I don't think he's going to be as bad. I, mean, I don't think he's going to have huge numbers, but Stafford has thrown two or more touchdowns in the last four games he's played in. Um, Amir Abdullah, the running back's picture for the Lions is a murky, murky one this week. The group squares off against the Ravens defense, who gives up the 17th most fantasy points to opposing wide, uh, running backs. Amir Abdullah popped up on the injury report this week with neck injury. Ooh, so monitor his health. I don't love that. Yeah. Um, Ab- Abdullah can't play this week. Dwayne Washington will likely take over his duty um, on early downs, rushing attempts. So, however, Washington is returning from injury himself this week. He missed multiple weeks with a hip injury. So that brings Theo Riddick to the front. Uh, he saw, I mean, we saw what Riddick was able to do last year when he had full running back duties. So he was an effective running back too. I just, I just think that this is really icky. It's, it's kind of how it started off this season. It's just like, Ooh, don't have a Detroit line running back. That's how it is in week 13. Obviously Eric e. Brown's on your bench. You know that Detroit Stevens on the bench because the Ravens are amazing. Not really, but they're just not doing well. Detroit's not doing well. Go ahead, Ashley. We can play the uh, Ravens defense because they're a really solid defense, so you can play them. You can also play the kicker, Justin Tucker, who is maybe my favorite kicker in the league, just to watch on a personal level. I love him. I love his showmanship. Uh, I'm rewatching the game. They talked about the fact that they say he likes to go out there and perform. It made me think about the days that Brandon used to perform on like a riverboat. I don't know why it reminded me of that <laughs> brand. Yeah. Cause the way he just puts his arms up in like such like a theatrical pose after he kicks a field goal. And it's so glorious musical theater. It's, different. it's, it's yeah. It's, it's musical different. theater. He's an opera singer. I just love it. Anyway, I will say I was bartending that night and I had uh, a guy there that was not impressed by Justin Tucker. He's like, you have one job. What are you excited about? And I was like, it's good. good. You are wrong, sir. You are wrong. You do you, Justin Tucker. And you may say, why are you spending so much time talking about Justin Tucker? It's because there's really not anyone else we can really talk about on this team. We're not going to blow a lot of time on the Ravens. Alex Collins, he is an option. He rushed 16 times for 60 yards. Uh, He's got a great matchup this week. It makes him a good flex play. I'm a bit concerned he did not practice Wednesday, so keep an eye on him. Um, 
So just make sure that he's actually going to play. So I think he's a decent option. Sleepers. And I'm going to use the term sleepers loosely here. Mike Wallace, he's targeted 11 times. That's a lot of targets. We only caught five of them for 48 yards. And it's sad to say he was the most productive of the Ravens wide receivers. The problem is the opportunity is just not there in the terms that Flacco does not throw enough. He does not throw enough for you to risk playing Mike Wallace. Certainly can't risk playing Jeremy Macklin. Only caught one of five for six yards. Come on. No, you're not doing that. Uh, and Danny Woodhead, he rushed four times for 22 yards and caught all four of his targets for 23 uh, but he was not looked at at the goal line. Uh, that is eight touches compared to Buck Allen, who rushed five times for 15 yards and had one touchdown plus one catch for two yards. Um, you know, both are decent flex options, not great options, but Woodhead is certainly the better play uh, just because he's getting a little bit more love. Bench, Joe Flacco, obviously, and Ben Watson is on the bench despite the good matchup because, again, there's just not a volume there. All right. Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, you guys. All right. So um, the only way uh, to get anywhere against the Chargers is running the ball. Um, and I'm fine if you want to take a flyer on Duke Johnson or Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Crowell's questionable with a shoulder injury, uh, but he played through that last week. Crowell has double-digit points at at least 95 yards in three of his last four games, so obviously he's coming on strong. Still a bust, though, for how high we all drafted him, but uh, hey, you know what? We'll take what we can get. Duke always has big play upside, a very high floor, because in especially in PPR leagues, um, Los Angeles gives up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. But the rest of the defense is baller. And here's my problem. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here, people. Uh, I'm going to be the opposite of the how everyone feels about the Chiefs and the opposite about how everyone feels about Cleveland Browns. The, the Los Angeles Chargers have the two best pass rushers in the National Football League, mm -hmm. okay? Then they also yeah. have stud cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Kaiser is going to be running for his life and then throwing off his back foot, and we're going to get back to the three-interception Deshaun Kaiser that we've known and loved. Mm -hmm. Yes, two out of his last three games, he scored over 20 fantasy points, and that was awesome. But then one the game in between those 20 fantasy point performances, he scored five fantasy points. I think we're going to see more is going to destroy him. I think he's going to eat Deshaun Kaiser Bosa's for gonna dinner. Eat him. Yeah. It's going to be really ugly. I feel like this so, game's going to be like a mouse wheel where it's like every time you turn back to this game, the chargers are going to be having the ball. Every yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like, mean, Oh, what happened? Cleveland just had the ball. Nope. Nope. The chargers have it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. So I, I understand that we're all excited that Josh Gordon's coming back. And by the way, I am very happy that he has come back from rehab. If you've read anything about his story, it's super tragic. You guys, if he has a catch this week, that is a major accomplishment. This guy hasn't been a stud in the National Football League since 2013. In 2014, he was not very good. Now, he was good in the preseason a little while ago. I, I get that, but the preseason is not real. We all know that. Uh, this is a very difficult thing that he's doing, so just don't be a jerk if he's not very good this week. And listen, maybe he will be a baller. That'd be great, but I, I have a very difficult time wrapping my head around that. Look at what happened Martavis Bryant, you guys. It's hard to come back, and there's a mental element. There's all these other things. Also, Corey Coleman's not chopped liver and has 19 targets over the last two weeks since he's come back. Yep. They're not going to just abandon him entirely. Are you telling me that somehow Deshaun Kaiser is going to stay upright enough to be able to get both of these guys the ball numerous times to the point where they have decent fantasy days? This just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't be excited. 
I appreciate your enthusiasm and it will happen in other matchups, but I think this week I am out. Uh, on to other things, uh, the Chargers. So Casey Hayward took a day off of practice, but he's going to be fine. It was just a rest day. So the cornerbacks are still delicious for the Chargers. So don't get excited and come back and be like, that's why Deshaun Kaiser is going to be amazing. No. Um, they're playing the Browns, so you start Rivers because he's sizzling hot right now. You start Keenan Allen because he's sizzling hot right now. You're going to start even Hunter Henry, who was able to catch five passes, 76 yards of touchdown last week. Uh, he was killing it. And you know Hunter Henry's boomer bust, but the Browns, you always play your tight ends against the Browns, so that's yep. easy peasy. Uh, in terms of the running back situation, uh, Melvin Gordon is still out touching Austin Eckler, like, freaking crazy but i think because it's against the browns who by the way used to have a great run defense but they have fallen off the cliff as of late um and just to let you know joe mixon hadn't been able to rush for over 62 yards this entire season no matter the matchup and last week he looked like he was all pro put up 114 rushing yards and a touchdown caught three passes for 51 yards and then before that leonard fournette went over 100 yards in in cleveland and then the week before that uh, both Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick scored a touchdown. And if you look at their game logs, that's insane. Yeah. That's that doesn't make sense. So what I'm saying is I think there's a possibility both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler could be decent plays this week. Eckler is not getting the amount of touches, but he's doing a lot with them. So I am intrigued by both those options. And even as a sleeper, Tyrell Williams or Travis Benjamin, if you're nasty. I wanted to do a little Jad Jackson thing. Uh, I don't know. So there you go. And uh, Mike Williams suffered a bone bruise. He's not likely to play. You wouldn't play him anyway. Nick Novak injured his back, and they actually signed Travis Coons to the practice squad. Don't play either of them. And by the way, the kicker for the team playing the Cowboys of the last two weeks have all gone out. And Los Angeles Chargers have the worst uh, luck with kickers this year. I'm not quite sure I'd touch a charger kicker if you paid me. So I am out. That's funny. There's some kickers there that just is just not, you don't even need to know their names. All right. The Carolina Panthers, the new Orleans saints. Now the Panthers, everybody on this team is listed as questionable. And I think it's because they brought Greg Olson back too early. I'm going to say it. I do too. I think it's bad. I think it's instant karma, instant karma happening to the whole team. It's really sad, but I will say that Greg Olson did not perform well. He reactivated his uh, the surgery he had on his foot, so therefore he's questionable. Did not practice, so I don't like him. I didn't like him last week. I don't like him this week. I think it's too soon. I love him. It's just too soon. Cam Newton is questionable, but he kind of has been questionable for a while. Um, he's a questionable person, so it doesn't, doesn't surprise me that it translates on the field. Um, but you can start him. We have him ranked number six. I and I, I do think this is going to be a bit of a shootout, so I'm okay with that. Devin Funches, I like Devin Funches. He is questionable with a toe injury. He is not yet at practice. I don't love that. And then Mr. Christian McCaffrey did what his coaches were afraid of. He got smushed because he's a tiny little man on an NFL field and he is not practicing with a shoulder injury. I'm not going to tell you who's behind them because there is no wide receivers per se that I can say they're going to pull up some guy is going to be like the guy, but the guy that you think is going to be the guy is not going to be the guy. So it's just kind of silly. I would just abort from all wide receivers. Jonathan Stewart. I'm okay with if Christian McCaffrey doesn't go and Devin Funches 
does go. I think if they can stretch the field, I think Jonathan Stewart might do enough for you if you need him. Uh, but it's a tough defense when it comes to rushing. It's a really tough de defense. So really, he's not my favorite play. Um, so it's kind of, guys, you just really need to keep an eye out on the injury report for this guy, for this whole team. Sorry. All right, the Saints. Drew Brees, uh, it wasn't a great game, but it wasn't a terrible game. And he's playing against the Panthers, and I agree with Courtney. I think this is going to be a shootout, and he's at home. So you're not benching Brees. You're playing Brees. The receivers on this team do not have a terrible matchup. It's, you know, it's average uh, as it gets. So Michael Thomas, who caught only 5 of 8 for 52 yards last week, he should be able to bounce back and at least get you the 80 yards that he usually does. Um but if you've carried Michael Thomas, you've you've been carrying him knowing that he doesn't really score touchdowns all season long, so you're still playing him. Ted Ginn, uh, 11 targets for Ted Ginn, and he caught seven of them for 71 yards. He continues to be a good flex option, and this is a revenge game. So I think he will do well. Ted Ginn's the kind of guy that does well in revenge games. I'm not big on revenge games always. We've had a lot of these that we've talked about. There's a lot of revenge games this week, and a lot of them I just don't believe into that storyline, but I think Ted Ken will do well. Although I will say, I can't remember which broadcast I was watching, but I think it was with Fitzpatrick, and they talked about his seventh revenge game of the season. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So good. Anyway, uh, Alan Kamara, he caught 66 targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. Then he had five carries on top of that for 87 yards and an additional score. So he was awesome as always. Now, 74 yards of those rushing yards came off one play. That's okay. You don't care how he gets the yards. Uh, now, no running back has had a great game against the Panthers, and they have allowed very, very, very few rushing touchdowns this season. So I think Kamara has the best chance of the running backs on this team to score this week. But Mark Ingram, who had a terrible game last week for only 31 yards, plus two catches for five, which, again, doesn't matter to you, uh, this is not an easy week for him. But I have a hard time benching the fourth-highest scoring rusher in the league. You just can't do it. I know he had a bad week, but you just can't bench a top rusher even in a bad matchup like this. Believe it or not, Mark Ingram is one of your studs, and you have to play him. Sorry, is what it is. Uh, you are starting the kicker, Will Lutz. He's fantastic, one of the top kickers in the league. Again, with a shootout, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities for field goals. And bench Kobe Fleener. He suffered a concussion last week. Uh, this is the fifth of his career, and he's not expected to play. We don't know when he's expected to return. Did he even return it all this year? All right. We got the Los Angeles Rams, the Arizona Cardinals. But um uh you guys, the Rams. Oh, remember when we started this, we were like, oh, the Saints, you know, defense tough. But once we found out that their two cornerbacks were having issues, it changed the landscape of everything. And obviously, Goff went in there and just killed it. So, you guys, Goff is the most reliable streaming quarterback you have. If it's a hard matchup, you don't want to play him. If it's an easy matchup, he's going to kill it. Well, guess what? He's playing against the Cardinals. It's an easy matchup. You should absolutely stream him. Robert Woods still out. Looks like he's not going to be playing again. But don't worry because Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup are just like, Give me the fancy points. Give me the fancy points. So uh, things are looking good. I'm starting them as well. And in terms of Todd Gurley being a must start, hello, and Greg Zerline being, I think, one of the most reliable must start options in the National Football League. Still happening. Um, and Josh Reynolds actually is a guy who remember him. He was really hot in the preseason. 
a rookie that people thought were, was going to be a big time, but then they traded for Sammy Watkins and just, psh, yep. you know, it was like it was over. Well, you know, the guy was really intriguing. He caught four of his six targets for 37 yards and a touchdown last week. Interesting in a deep league as a flex option. I think you could do worse than him. Again, it's a good matchup and this team is on fire. So why wouldn't you go for that? Uh, you know, I'm not digging either of the tight ends in this matchup because they just don't really exist. Perfect. We'll go to another team with no tight ends, the Arizona Cardinals. I disagree. Yeah, the I best disagree. tight end in history, at least name-wise. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll get to him in a second, but All Larry right. Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm still going to say you're starting Larry. I know he had a bad week last week with only 12 yards, but it was against the Jags. I told you it wasn't going to be good against the Jags, and it wasn't. And this is another hard matchup. Uh, but the fact that AP has a really good matchup, like a really good matchup this week, this should allow the field to be spread a bit, and I think that's going to help with Larry. So you're still starting Larry in a flex role. I don't love him as a wide receiver too even, but flex, I think you're okay with Larry. Um, I said that I thought Ricky Seals-Jones could catch another touchdown last week. And sometimes you, I, I don't know about you ladies, but I say things, and then I hope to God it actually happens because if it doesn't and you threw a name out there like, yeah, go get Ricky Seal Jones to score a touchdown. You just look foolish. And thank goodness he did four of six targets for 72 yards. And he got that touchdown last week. Uh, it is a tough matchup, but why not take a flyer on him? He has scored the past two weeks at over 50 yards in both games. Him and Blaine Gabbert have a connection and Gabbert is still playing. So you know what? Go play yourself some Ricky Seal Jones. Go do it. Why not? There are worse flyers uh, out there. Do it. I like him. Sleepers, Adrian Peterson. He rushed 20 times for 79 yards and caught four or five for 20 in a surprisingly decent game against the Jags, in my opinion. I'm sure Courtney's going to say she saw it coming, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Rams give up the second most fantasy points, so AP should be able to turn in another good week. He did not practice on Wednesday, so keep an eye on it and make sure that this is just vet rest, but I think you can play AP this week. Um, you're not playing Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson, despite the fact that one of them caught a touchdown. The production is just too low. There's better streamers out there. But Blaine Gabbert, he completed 22 of 38 passes for 241 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And that was against the tough Jags defense. So if you want to take a flyer on Gabbert, I won't completely judge you. I won't. Coach Arians is vocalizing confidence in Gabbert, even going so far as to say that Gabbert's job is his job moving forward this season, and he would consider him rolling with him if Palmer doesn't play next year. That's a vote of confidence right there, so I like it. It's your third quarterback. Congratulations. Better than uh, what they doing with Case Keenum. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll see. Uh, New York Giants, the Oakland Raiders. Third Obviously, game of the week, another big game. Uh, so uh, if you are living under a rock, then maybe you have not heard that the New York Giants have decided to bench Eli Manning. Now, this show has literally been built off of the back of not believing in Eli Manning. So I want to be clear. We <clears throat> do not believe Eli Manning is a fantasy football quarterback, and that hasn't been for years. No. Four years. Hasn't but been every year, every year, you get a guy that way overpays for him. Every year. Every year. And by the way, let them. But <laughs> I still wouldn't have done this particular move. No. I thought they were just going to quietly ask him to retire at the end of the season, offer him a cushy job with the Giants organization, and just, you know, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how it's done. Uh, but instead, they were like, hey, we know you've started 210 consecutive games. Uh, would you like to start? But by the way, we're going to pull you immediately because we would rather see Geno Smith play. And then also we're going to get this other guy in here too to see how he does. Uh, you know, I, 
this is gross. Um, and it, it was gross. obviously inappropriate because he's won two Super <clears throat> Bowls for them. And even though we here again have never told you ever to start Eli Manning in your fantasy lineups, I'd be check our Twitter handle, go for it. Uh, we don't do this, but it was still gross. So my problem is I don't know if the team's going to intentionally quit on them so that Ben McAdoo gets fired because the Giants organization did come out and say that they are willing to fire him mid-season. Well, we're going into week 13, so mid-season's now. So I'm a little worried from a fantasy perspective what this means for everybody. Um, also, Janoris be, Jenkins, yeah. one of their best defensive players, is now on IR. And let's be clear. <clears throat> We've always said that Eli Manning is not a great fantasy option. But there, I would not say that he's a bad regular football. Eli Manning's not the reason that they're solely losing football games. Of course. In terms of real football, of right? Yeah, Fantasy, no. he's, a, he's not a good option. We've never said he was. But this, this is so such a slap in the face and so insulting and has half the league riled up with people coming out, stepping forward, making comments on behalf of Eli. Um, and you're right. He probably would have just retired. But now he's going on saying that he's considering playing for another team because of this treatment. And I understand that. And oh God, I, don't I, come to the Broncos. Please don't come to but the I Broncos. But I agree. I think this is going to cause a serious rift on an already struggling team. Oof. It's bad. Oof. So my point is, I don't have a whole lot to say because I don't know what this is going to be like this weekend. I think this is actually really, really, really bad. So um, I, I, I kind of am cheering for Geno Smith. I feel like he has nothing to do with this. I feel bad about it. He did have a really good preseason, frankly. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have a chance to do much, though. So um, whatever. Again, I think they're going to just try to get this guy fired. I would start maybe Sterling Shepard because he's the number one target on the team. He says that his migraines are now in check, but migraines can come back, too. So that's scary as well. So I maybe wouldn't even start him. Evan Engram has just fallen off a cliff over the last two weeks. I don't even know what to tell you about that. Um, he's fallen into the pit of misery, right? Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. dilly. Uh, <laughs> only four catches with 27 yards over the past two games. The Raiders were bleeding fantasy points to uh, tight ends earlier in the season, uh, but they were able to hold Gronk to only 37 yards. Julius Thomas went bananas with them, 84 <laughs> yards at a score. It's going to be, we don't know. It's somewhere in between there. Um, and they should run Orleans Darkwa, but they actually gave more snaps to Wayne Gallman, uh, the rookie. So maybe they're trying to change things up. I don't know. So I can't trust either of those guys, which is unfortunate. Um, one of them should have a good game. But I don't know. And then you can't start a kicker or a defense on a team that's going to get blown out. Boom. Blown out. We'll see. We'll see. I think they the might come out terrible with a, too. A, yeah. a W with this one. I'm Absolutely. not sure. Terrible. Listen, my if my first starter is Jared Cook, we know we're not going so far so fast here. Um, and listen, I get it. He burned you last week. It was bad. Totally understandable. But listen, Derek Carr has nobody else to throw to other than Seth Roberts and Jared Cook. So there you go, you guys. This is a very, very good matchup. The Giants give up. Tons and tons of fantasy points to tight ends. So I'm still starting him. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch last week against the Broncos um, had a successful week. Volume, people. Volume. For the first time this season, the Raiders gave Lynch 20-plus carries, and the results were encouraging. 17 fantasy points in standard leagues. With a banged-up suspended receiving core, Lynch could be in for another solid running back two performance um, as he lines up against the Giants, who give up the 14th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, as I mentioned, Seth Roberts, he is our highest-ranked wide receiver at the whopping 55. Um, but listen, 
that he could emerge as the top guy with Crabtree suspended, Amari Cooper questionable. Um, and the Giants, again, defense is bad. They give up the 11th most fantasy points. But listen, the Raiders have to be good to take advantage of those stats and that's been the problem all season long. So I'm giving you like everything, Raiders. The Giants are awful, but you are too. So it could just be a really big mess. Um, and listen, I just think I don't want to have to bring up Cordell Patterson because he sends me to a, a dark place every year when he does this to me. Um, but he's the number one or two wide receiver as well. You guys, and again, I just, yep. I just can't with the Raiders this week. I just don't see the potential. I just don't see the potential. Um, listen, Cooper's on my bench category solely based on health. If you watched the game last weekend, you saw Cooper take a nasty knee to the head. It was also revealed that Cooper sustained an ankle injury on the same play. However, before he left the game, he had one catch for nine yards and a touchdown. So it's not awful, obviously, but beat writers are telling us that there's a good chance he doesn't play this week. So just rule, prepare for him not to be playing. And then the kicker, no. He hasn't had a field goal in three of his last four games. Just don't do it. All right, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Seattle Seahawks. I think this game is going to be really high scoring, and I'm excited for this game. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awesome. So you're starting Carson Wentz. I know it's a bad matchup on paper, but that hasn't seemed to stop Wentz all season long. And I do want to point out that Deshaun Watson scored 32 points against the Seahawks. So a good game is doable. You are starting Carson Wentz. You are also starting Zach Ertz, who came back to usual form 12, 10 catches of 10, 12 targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he is back. He has the best matchup on the team. So you should expect a very, very good game out of Zach Ertz, who is already one of Carson Wentz's favorite targets. So huge game for him. I like Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think you feel good about him. He has scored in the past five games. Uh, and it's just an average matchup, in my opinion, with Sherman out. So uh, I think he's good to go. He was limited practice Wednesday, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. Feel good about him. Nelson Aguilar finally bounced back. Uh, again, low volume, caught three of six targets, but for 32 yards and a touchdown. I think we just need him to score that touchdown to get the ball rolling again. I think Aguilar is a vertical threat on this team, much like Will Fuller while not as dynamic of a vertical threat as Will Fuller, uh, Fuller was able to score 24 points in standard league. So double digits are is not out of the question for Nelson Aguilar this week. It's not at all. And you, de, sorry, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller were both able to score over 20 points against the Seahawks. So it is very doable for Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar to both have good games. Now, it sounds weird to say, but LeGarrette Blunt seems to still be the lead back on this team. Um, he rushed 15 times for 97 yards last week compared to Jai Jai, who Jai Jai, excuse me. Jai Jai, I like that though. Jai Jai, Jai Jai, who rushed only five times for 26 yards, caught one of two targets for seven yards. And then there was Corey Clement, who only had two fewer touches than a Jai and rushed four times for 27 yards. So it seems this is blunt show. But this is a tough matchup. So flex only for Ajayi and try to find another option if you can. I think Blunt will find the end zone this week, so I think he's a safer play. Um, but again, you know, you are a bit of a three-headed monster there. As for the Seahawks, you're starting Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he had a good game, and while the Eagles do have a stop D, Wilson should be able to put up big numbers as well. Wentz and Wilson are primetime players, and I think this is going to be a fantastic game. So you are playing both of them, despite the fact they both have good defenses. 
I think this is going to be an offensive game. I really do. So, uh, Jimmy Graham, you are always starting him. Uh, he has only not scored one time since week five. Only once has he not scored since week five. So he's a must start always. Doug Baldwin, I know he had a terrible game last week. I get it, only 25 yards. Uh, but he's been on a bit of an every other week pattern. And this is supposed to be a hot week. And keep in mind that this pattern is at least 90 yards or a touchdown in the last five games. So it's a really high floor of a bad potential pattern. So he's. I think he's going to score this week. I think you'll feel okay about him. Sleepers, Paul Richardson. Uh, I've said he's been a sleeper all weeks as, as a flex option. He is, again, 70 yards is what he tends to get. Don't like Tyler Lockett. Um, he's a riskier play. He's not been seeing the volume the past month, so don't do it. And I'm going to say don't play the running backs like I say every week. I know Eddie Lacy rushed 17 times. He got a good load uh, for 46 yards. But J.D. McKissick also is in play, and Mike Davis will play this week. And if Davis plays, there's a good chance that he's going to get the start, which now makes this, again, a very murky backfield. All right. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow, last week they had another home game against a bad defense, and they played really well, which was great. We knew that would happen. So this week, though, they're on the road again at the Cincinnati Bengals, much tougher matchup, so I'm lowering my expectations, except for no one's better than Antonio Brown, no period. One. Stop talking. It just it, Even Juju tweeted during the game, which he was out, actually, due to a hamstring injury, that Antonio Brown was GOAT, agreed. Le'Veon Bell, you're going to start him, especially on the road, actually. They depend on him even more. Chris Boswell, I think this is going to be a, a field goal game. So, actually, I'm, I'm cool with starting Chris Boswell as well. Outside, the weather should be fine. Um, I don't love Big Ben on the road, and Cincinnati gives it 11th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But look around at the other quarterbacks, everybody. So, he's probably still a starter. Sorry. We got J Jacoby Brissett playing the Jaguars. We got Andy Dalton's looking good these days. I mean, geez, we got to just stop it. So, you know, whatever. And then um, <laughs> Martavis Bryant did score a touchdown. I don't think that's going to be as uh, likely this week because uh, he's on the road again. And Juju still quite questionable and if he comes back they're going to split the carries or they split the targets no one wants that and uh yeah no one else is on this team to talk about one too many martinis this year for for fantasy starters all right for the cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, aj green you're starting him because he's aj green nothing more to say yep uh joe mixon hey at his moment that everybody was waiting for it only took 12 weeks congratulations mixon. there we go fourth round draft pick way to go 2022 fantasy points in standard leagues. Uh, but guess what? Mixon gets a tougher test this week against the Steelers defense. Like, is it the 11th fewest fantasy points to opponent running backs? Uh, to me, he's a low end running back, too. There is a good chance that this game gets away from the Bengals and they will be forced to throw. And sorry, don't forget that he had 4.9 fantasy points the week before last. There's that too. Um, Tyler Croft, another solid seven fantasy points for Croft. I don't see that happening this week though. He is touched on dependent and the Steelers give up the third fewest fantasy points to tight end. So I just don't think he's going to get that touchdown that we all love from Croft. So I, he's not my favorite um, tight end this week. Andy Dalton, as Brandon said, he's bringing sexy back. Um, he's been great in the last two starts scoring at least 18 fantasy points. That is solid production. However, it's the Steelers who give up the fourth biggest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So you are not starting him regardless of his nine touchdowns and zero interceptions over the last five games. Just a quick shout out to Andy Dalton. Way to get it done. Bad boy. Um, nope. Defense. You can play the Cincinnati defense. Um, just kidding. You can't. It's Mr. Steelers. Antonio Brown is going to destroy the Cincinnati's defense by himself. 
just by himself or Chris Bosworth. Well, as Brandon mentioned earlier. And that's it, you guys. That's week 13 in the books. In the books. Again, a lot of injuries, guys. A lot of people are questionable, are not at practice. So you can listen to us on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night, the last minute before you set your lineups. So hop over there. You can also ask us your questions on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. And make sure you sign up um, for our newsletters so you can get our fun ingredients for our fan fantastic free FanDuel game diced. We give you four ingredients that you have to set your lineup. This week's really fun. It's really fun. All right, you guys, until next time, good luck and no more faking it.